This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. You fucking retards. I praise Mike Flores on this podcast all the fucking time. I just don't like it when he's on the podcast. I like when he writes... Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60cards.com. Check us out. In 2010, a crack magic-playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mice they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, Maybe you can listen to the A Team. KYT. I don't know about you guys, or I'm just mind tricking myself constantly. <laughs> Jay Boosh. They're of a different culture, KYT. They prefer their magic untainted by the internet. Scotty. Then you just pull the fucking Mind Slaver and you just dome them with their own dude. That's entertainment. And Medina. I'm on camera and I'm like, oh man, don't blink. Act like you meant to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and now, the A-Team. Okay, so welcome to episode 74 of the A-Team podcast. This is KYT with John. Nothing. When's Smitty going to come on? He came on a few episodes ago. <laughs> hey, he's introducing me, man. You can't just butt in like that. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> what is Legit MTG, by the way? Legit MTG is a great place to buy magic singles. Define great. <laughs> um, do I have to define great? Look it up, bro. No, we don't look it up. On my podcast, we don't look it up. <laughs> That's one of the things that makes us charming. We just start talking about something, and whether or not it's true is irrelevant. True, because it's true for the moment in the podcast. I mean, it's just one of the many quirks that, you know, when you have enough charisma, you can get away with. Now, if some other podcast is like, well, I'm going to just make something up and talk about it for the next five minutes. Their comments, if anyone listened to their terrible podcast, would be like, this is a factually inaccurate statement. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should have looked that up. Do you not know what cards do? Oh, that's not how the stack works at all. A card goes onto the stack, and then the next card goes onto the stack. It's a literal stack. You could make a stack of cards, and that's exactly the order they would resolve in. They made it easy for you to just infuriating to listen to people who don't know how the stack works. That's what their comments would be if anyone listened to their terrible podcast. But I'm guessing anyone who did would probably sound exactly like that while making the comment. I think that uh, you should do a Flores Muppet Show and talk about magic just like you just did right now. In the- I do, because that's what I do every day. But we're no Muppets, really. <laughs> All right, so what's on tap for tonight, Scotty? Well, I think we want to talk about um, GP Baltimore that just passed. We want to talk about some standard. Uh, we're going to uh, – we can talk about the, the modern – uh, agro loam nonsense like that whole thing that went down to I think uh, the whole Jackie Lee phenomenon was uh, an issue that people were bringing up that caused some kerfuffle this week it made Patrick's... you just want to talk about stuff that everyone else has already talked about for the past two weeks that's really your strategy I mean we can well, always... let's 
make a list of things that other people have been talking about for two weeks and then release this podcast next Monday. <laughs> that way it'll percolate for a full three weeks. I think people will be like, what's aggro loam? Isn't that a deck that won an extended three years ago? Like, oh, there was a modern Grand Prix where someone had a seismic assault? Thank goodness I have Mr. Scotty back, or I would have never remembered that. <laughs> this is this is so ironic because you like to talk about the things that happened ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then act like it's relevant today. It is relevant. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry, Mike. So what are we talking about, Mike, since you're the boss? I thought we agreed Steve was the boss. Steve who? Steve? Steve-O? Dude, Steve Satan's not the boss. Lauren Lee's the boss now, bro. She's a flip card. She's a flip card. She transformed. A transforming flip card. Oh, man. that's that was... All right, so what should we talk about? All right, let's talk about standard. KYT, what's the sickest deck in standard that you've seen? Um, Cobbler. <laughs> no. deck? I don't know. I saw what? a pretty cool deck uh, on Moto last night, so. Oh, yeah? What was it? It was some kind of four-color freaky deck. <laughs> Are you talking right? about the Frights deck? No, no. Well, what did it do, KYT? It uh, <laughs> played Faithless Looting, um, Burial Rites. <laughs> no. Dude, this is the Frights deck, bro. <laughs> First of all, the word is Frites. I'm calling it Frights. That's what I'm calling it. But I, I think I think Mike's version was different. Oh, really? Yeah, there's no green creatures. Yeah. There's no little green guys. Well, obviously, if you're running the deck, what, what was it instead of green creatures? Like, ponder, so that I can make sure I find my bombs. So, like, instead of being like, I hope I just draw a bomb, maybe I will draw a bomb, a faithless looting, and an unburial rights all by themselves. <laughs> I mean, you do sometimes. You look like a genius. Other people have to use a ponder to find them. I thought they just used, like, mulch to dump everything in the yard in Tracker's Instinct. I mean, that doesn't find you in um, Umburial, right? I guess it does, actually. You're right. Yeah. I mean, because, like, a Ponder goes three deep, but these things go four deep, and you can flash one of them back. Yeah, but there's other issues. Like, you don't have to keep green mana. Yeah. (laughs) The other issues are you have to play green. (laughs) Like, you don't get blown out by a Geist Flame. Like, oh man, I really hope he doesn't have a Geist Flame so I could cast Mulch on turn two because I kept a one lander. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds more like a keep problem, not a Geist Flame problem. I think that's a very reasonable keep. Against unknown opponent, and you're on the play. One lander in that deck with all those crappy mana base? Come on, dude, get out of here. You have one lander, you're honestly telling me. You have a one land bird hand, and a Mulch, and you're going first. You wouldn't keep? You're crazy. Every soul on the Pro Tour would keep that hand. <laughs> oh, shut every up. Single. Every soul. Wait, what was it? Do you have Wait, do you have this deck handy so we can do a sneak, keep, or ditch? What is it? Do you guys use technology or look things up? We just make things up. All right, all right. Make, make, up, make up a hand. Make up a hand. Let's sneak, keep, or ditch it out of your deck. I would keep a three-card hand that had those three cards. <laughs> <laughs> the other four are bonus. Okay. I mean, like... all right, ladies and gentlemen, bad player Mike Flores. There you go. Okay, <laughs> oh, I'm bad player Mike Flores. So, Medina, you would mulch to two in a situation where you had land, 
bird mulch. I mean, if, you, <laughs> okay. if that's yeah. all you have, of course you're bird mulch with two. John, don't put words in my mouth, bro. If you have, <laughs> oh man, if you have three cards, you're obviously keeping it. If you have seven cards, and those are your, you're obviously keeping it. Yeah, you're essentially mulliganing the three by keeping a one lander, a birds, and a mulch, and then X, no lands. Really? So if I draw a bunch of extra lands and I overdraw and discard my fatty in a reanimation deck, that's bad? Oh, man. We're talking about magical Christmas land here. That's what we're talking about. No, that's just how, that's just, people you... say Christmas land when they don't understand that the way percentages work include corner case. They're like, oh, that's a like, I never made a comment on this because I, I just, I, I have my no commenting policy, but people were like, oh man, I can't believe you posted a deck that had Liliana, the Veil, and Birds of Paradise. How often does that come up? No one would ever have complained if I had Sphere of the Suns instead of Bird of Paradise without understanding that the Liliana, the Veil, Birds of Paradise deck can do every single thing the Sphere of the Suns deck can do, and sometimes it gets an insane draw. It just has this extra superpower of having an insane draw. I'm down with that. It's actually strictly better, unless the opponent has a Geist Flame or something. But they're like, oh, this seems inconsistent. It's only inconsistent if you only keep the hands that are insane. Like, it's actually equally good or better to all the hands that you would have been happy to keep with your inferior version of the mana base. Yeah, but I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we brought up a it's point. It's Christmas land. If you have land, bird, and mulch, your hand is keepable. If, <laughs> if it's four lands, it's probably, I mean, maybe you're real greedy. Except for if you have four lands, you're not going to get blown out by a Geist Flame. If the Geist Flame or Bird, you could still cast your mulch, John. Well, yeah. maybe I'll accidentally flip over an Imperial right in an Inferno Titan. That <laughs> is a magical Christmas land. That's right. It's me. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. So this deck came yeah, right tell us, tell us more about the deck, Mike. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems pretty awesome. So you cut the green for Ponder, and what else? I mean, the, the, the original deck ran, like, Birds, Elves, and then, like, those other two cards that I talked about. So you have Ponder. What else do you got? Like, Liliana of the Veil, Ponder, um, Desperate Ravings, Forbidden Alchemy, um, Mana Leak. Just two, just enough to keep them honest, which is still two more than you played in that soul. Dude, just run one if you want to keep them honest, bro. The thing is, like, you got you got to show it to them commonly enough that they'll play around it, you know. Like, and the other thing is, if you're just a brazen, like, like I will just like counter anything. Like, if somebody just like runs out like a spirit funds <laughs> or I don't know, like a plague beer, I'm just countering it. And they're like, "Oh man, I don't play around Manly the rest of the match." <laughs> good, play around Manly the rest of the match. Yeah. Oh, I've given away all the secrets. That, that's a good, that's a good strategy. About, Anything. Hmm. I just leave mana untapped, and I'm just like, I got it. Don't worry. There's a mana leak in my hand. Depends. If you like cast a faithful saluting, or you obviously have weird cards like Unburial Rites and Elshnorn, your opponent is less likely to respect the blue and one open. Then he's going to read you for trying to bluff him. I mean, that's just like first level magic. Like they'll look at you and be like, "This idiot thinks that I think that he has a mana leak." Well, <laughs> guess what, bro? Sort of War and Peace. And you're like. <laughs> <laughs> but this works through that, that entire Star City Games tournament. How come it's not working now when I've already shown my opponent faithless looting and Elish Norm? 
Because the saluting Elsborn deck has mana leak. <laughs> but they, they think would... some idiot who's trying to bluff them for mana leak. Yeah, I mean, they would think that it had uh, Ancient Grudge. Oh, man. I once killed Dave Humphreys on the second turn in a, in a feature match when he was like, he had Blue Blue up, and I just, like, killed him. And he's, like, looking at me like I'm like, the biggest jerk. Um, and he's like, I blew blew up. And I'm like, I played next to you last round. He's like, oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. <laughs> you knew I was playing combo. <laughs> <laughs> island, island go. I'm like, kill you. And he's like, yeah. I blew blew up. Well, it wasn't a minute, but like, you know. You know, I think that, you know, when you're, at the time, Pump was like, probably like the second best player in the world. Uh, it was, it was, Kai was already Kai. He was probably like maybe third best player in the world. So I think that he probably expected someone of my tier to respect his blue blue, but I didn't. Yeah, you didn't. I was one of those hooligans throwing paint in the street. <laughs> oh man, my stories are always so much less impressive than your stories. You're like, yeah, I was playing against Dave Humphreys. Hum- Freeze, and he was like second in the world, and I beat him with blue, blue up. And I'm like, yeah, I was playing against Riley Kernan. I don't know if you guys know who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I beat him at an F and M when he <laughs> he had two blue up, and he said the exact same thing. He said, "No respect, Medina." And I'm like, don't care about your counter spells. <laughs> How sick is that? I was playing next to you last round. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't playing next to him, but. uh I just did it because uh, I'm a bad magic player anyway, so I was just like, ah, I don't care if he has a counterspell. Here's this card that you can't beat. And then he was like, just looked at me dead in the face and was like, no respect? I'm like, oh, I guess you got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I quit my Sword of War and Peace, kill you. <laughs> Brian Schneider taught me um, pretty much you should just always go for it when you're in doubt. He says that they're, they're much less likely to have it than, than is in your imagination. You guys yeah, even know who Brian Schneider is? I don't know who that guy is, but I agree with him. He's probably the second greatest deck designer of all time, maybe the first greatest deck designer of all time. He was the lead developer of Magic the Gathering for some years. That's why he wasn't on the Pro Tour. So he got recruited out of the Pro Tour, and uh, he was a main... He's responsible for many, many format-breaking decks. And then he, uh, as V. Moshwitz says, Brian Schneider never ceased to be the greatest deck designer in the world. He simply broke the format in a place where other people didn't see that. Um... He was the lead developer when, when Zvi was working at Watsi. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of us older players are, you know, friends from back in the day. But um, Brian Sider said, we, we'd make a list of who the best players were, and he was like, perfect strategy, perfect execution. So you have perfect <laughs> so like, Pai Kai or PV, they're like, perfect execution. John is perfect strategy. What do you have? John's great. Me? Yeah. <laughs> Big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Not the best, but definitely the loudest. <laughs> uh, I think I have very good strategy. I think I have pretty shoddy execution, though. Not even best strategy. I've certainly been out strategy before. Um, why, what do you think you have, KYP? Um... I'm not there yet. I don't have much. <laughs> KYT, you, you put up more top eights and PTQs and national qualifiers than the rest of the A-team put together. 
Yeah, but you uh, something. Mean, uh, and yet, every what... tournament that the two of us are together at, I tuck his ass in. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, like seventy fifth versus eighty second. Put him down, Scott. Maybe Talk I need to man. play more. <laughs> oh man, Scott needs to play. When if we we used to make oh you know back in the day we we were like faster and looser with some stuff. We were all kids also. I mean, I wasn't always thirty something. Um, we we make bets on on tournament outcomes, and not like on you know like fixing the tournament or something. Unlike you know who would do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like, there was cutoffs. There was like, did you win the tournament or no? It was like it doesn't matter if you didn't win the tournament. Like top eight and you didn't win was like first loser. So like you actually didn't do better if you were like top eight and didn't win because <laughs> first loser sucks. Oh man, first loser is the same as O two drop except for you had to. Spend the last eight hours playing Magic: The Gathering and then not winning. <laughs> like, you know, like how that is that up, is true. That is definitely it's true. like EWP grinding. It's miserable. It's not Magic for pleasure. Oh man, yeah, I hate that. There's so much Magic you can play for fun. That's wonderful, and putting your heart on winning a, a PTQ and then not is uh, very frustrating when you do it every week. I, I hate that the most because yeah. for me, like, I could be trading. So, like, if I'm still in a tournament. And I'm like X and one, and then that lasts until my winning in, and then I just lose. <laughs> oh man, it's so annoying. It's just like I could have been trading this whole time, and instead I wasted my whole day trying to trying to win. And the, the last, it comes down to the last game, and here's a stupid kid. He's just like a forest letter war elf. Turn two, sort of war and peace, and it's just like, all right, well, not is it good. really that, John? I mean, like the fact of the matter is, doesn't your execution get bad at the end? Like I. I, I went through a run one year where I lost the winning in round from like six straight PTQs. Like I top sixteen in every PTQ I played that year, <laughs> which is bad. Top sixteen in every PTQ you play is very bad, you know. I lost the winning in like every single time. I realized it was because I was thirty something, had a job, my deck selection was not conducive uh, to playing well in the last round of like a nine round Swiss tournament. So I actually at one point I switched what kind of decks I would play. Uh, in order to con- conserve my mental energy. Like, I would literally play a deck that I knew was worse if the rounds would be shorter. Wow. Um, so that's one thing I did. And then, and then like, last year I got, I got pretty good again. I uh, actually just slept. Wow. Like, <laughs> I think I think actually that last piece of advice, not sleeping because we always hear that one, but I think that last piece of advice about deck selection and, like, looking at your execution is great advice. I don't think it works for me because the only time I'm doing well in a tournament is when I'm just getting lucky anyways. So it's just <laughs> like... No, 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 no. So don't say that. So take it. The, you're taking it the wrong direction. I won a 5K last year. Like, I won a 5K with a deck that grinded sometimes, but I also won a ass load of games on turn four. Like, a lot of games were won on turn four. Like, my opponent would equip their Sword of Feast and Famine to a Squadron Hawk. I would tap it and kill them. Like, that was the whole game. Or I would just, like, counterspell their Jason, cast my, my Jace, and that was also the whole game. You know, like... Yeah, that was a sick deck. That was a sick deck. Yeah, but it... I mean, whatever. I, mean, I know it was a sick deck. My point is that that what I mentally did in choosing that deck versus choosing other decks that I'm also interested in playing, I played a deck that I could play short rounds. Mm-hmm. Except, like, I don't know. How old are you, John? 30. Yeah, you're 30, so I'm a little older than you, but you're way older than most of the kids who are, like, pretty good at the tournaments you're playing, right? Yeah. Like, those yeah. are, like, hopped up on goofballs. Those flipper slam- snappers. <laughs> <laughs> Slamming Mountain Dew amp, you know, like, they have no care in the world. 
Uh, and, you know, they're like slinging it and, you know, they don't have to give up wife points to play in a magic tournament. There's no investment to them other than their entrance fee. And like, so, you know, they're, they're mentally in a very, very different spot than you. And, you know, they're just knowing, I don't know you that well, but I mean, winning seems pretty important to you. Like you get pretty fuzzy when, when people are like making fun of you. Like, I definitely want to win. Um, yes. but you know, I just, so it's like, I just tell them to bring their binders over afterward and then I win. You know, I mean, no amount of, you know, amp or goofballs are going to are going to let them win in that arena. You know, how come we didn't didn't you say you were going to grind with my binder? We never did that. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I like you. I like you, Mike. I'm not going to not going to grind your binder, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't trade against you. <laughs> I mean, I, I would destroy you. I'll be honest. You would not. <laughs> you could destroy me, man. Oh man, that's hilarious! I'm good at every single thing I ever tried. (laughs) Put it out there. All right, you trader, I would be a good one. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I mean, if you want to trade with me, I'm I'm down. Yeah. So, our dude, I know your tricks. You don't know my tricks, man. Oh, what is this? A foil Japanese bribery? When are you gonna play that? (laughs) Throw it in, brah. I'll give you, I'll give you this sign, John Avon, Basic Mountain. Oh man! Well, I have some of those. He pegged, he pegged me right there, dude. He knows all my tricks. Oh, <laughs> oh man! So uh, I, I spent a night with a, uh, not you know, intimately in the boudoir. And I spent like a dinner night with Kelly Reed. He taught me all the tricks. It's like, this is how you grind Ooh. by. Oh man. If, the spent, if, you learned, if you learned from Kelly Reed, then you definitely don't know the tricks. <laughs> I learned, you, guys were, you guys were still attached at the pelvis is when I, when I had this. I mean, maybe you got a little bit of rub offs that came from me onto him and then onto you. I don't know, man, but. but you know, what makes you good? The strategy or the execution? In magic? No, in, in, in binder grinding. In binder grinding? Um, execution. Yeah, okay. So if it's execution, that's what sets you apart from somebody else. Then if the strategy is static, you see you see the point? I, if I understand the strategy, the execution is what makes you differentiated. I don't have to trade like you. I just have to understand what the strategy is that you're going to use against me. Yeah. To avoid but, being traded against by you. Yeah, but you, it's going to be really hard to next level my, my strategies, bro. <laughs> I'm very adaptive. I'm very adaptive on the trade floor. It's hard. To, it's, yeah. hard it's hard to describe, man. It's hard to describe. Which one of us? Which one of us octupled the price of druidic satchel in one day? <laughs> which one of us was getting all the tweets and like, oh my god, I made a four thousand percent moto profit on druidic satchel. <laughs> That's a lot, dude. Now druidic satchel's gone from eight cents to eight dollars. Well, it's like by eight dollars, I mean like four. Like cents. one ticket. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like it was a massive price increase, and people were people were able to be very successful. Yeah. Oh, what card did I send you? I said I literally sent you a card on Twitter once. It was like, I was like Medina. Oh, it was Splinter Twin. It was when I was grinding all these extended queues at, at Worlds last year. I'm like Medina, get all the Splinter Twins. You never listened to me. And then what happened with Splinter Twin? It it is two dollars and fifty cents now. At the time, I <laughs> the Splinter Twins, what was the Splinter Twins, like 12 cents? Uh, it went up, dude. It went up for sure. I said, Medina, get all the Splinter Twins. You didn't even respond to me. And then it became the big deck. <laughs> I responded, didn't I? I? I don't know. I don't really pay attention to you. 
Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, back on standard track. Back to standard. Yeah, talk some standard. I mean, I could talk binder grinding all day, but I think all the listeners are get bored. You know? Didn't you have a premium column about binder grinding? Yeah, man, I used to. I think people like your binder grinding strategy. I actually, you know, even before before I came back to Star City, that was one of the things I was more interested in in terms of the different kinds of content you do. This is different. Yeah, man. Well, you can check it out at legitmtg.com now, bro. What? What is legitmtg? <laughs> it's it's a great site to buy a singles from. <laughs> Jay, what do you think about? I don't know. Why is Medina on this show? I don't know. I got outvoted. <laughs> I got outvoted. <laughs> what happened to Smitty? Where is he? Oh, He's making babies. Smitty is making babies. Shout out to Smitty. Congrats on uh, on he and Andrea. They're expecting again, everybody. So give him all the best well wishes Woo. in the world. Also, his wife's fucking hot. <laughs> did, you see, did you see their announcement picture where they announced the baby? It's like this hot chick who's like, you know, regular shorty size with like a little sign. And it's like, do whatever day. And it's like, oh, it's kind of cute. Like little tricksy bastards. And then it's just like this tall... Gaunt, walking dead, seven foot tall, skinny looking motherfucker with like this big goofy grin on his face. Just say, I had sex. The best. Come on, I'm really happy for them. Babies are sex trophies. Like, yeah, I'm. I'm actually really happy for them. I hope that their kid. I hope their kid is just like a wrangler though, and just like gets that Kai motherfucker down. Yeah, oh, that's hilarious. Because that one kid they have already is like a handful. So, you know what else Smitty's doing? He made a new deck, and I guess it's doing well, right? Oh, yeah, he- Hexblade, right? I, don't know. <laughs> I guess. Like, how do you describe doing well? I guess it at least three out or four out some dailies on MTGO right? in on one day. In one day, I don't know, man. He's he's talking this up the stores on the Twitter. Thing. All the Lansdells and all the Smitties and all the other fucking people, just listen up. When you make a deck that just metas against other decks, and then it does well on the first day that no one's ever fucking seen this deck, and you metaed, and it did well, you're not Mike Flores. (laughs) Just put your your fucking boner away. Just get it out of my face. Just sweaty balls everywhere in my face. Like, oh my god, green, green. Black Pod is the best deck ever, <laughs> and oh my god, bros, caca, caca, like just you fucking, it's fine. And I'm really happy that you made a deck that can meta all the other decks, and that you three owed some dailies. That's wicked. But I don't need to see like 58 fucking tweets about that until you like go go win even just a fucking anything else. Just win anything else with that. Jay, actually, that's exactly how you how you make the format-breaking deck. You just have to play it instead of in a daily. You just got to play it in the Pro Tour or have somebody yeah, play it in the Pro Tour. That's what I mean. And then they win you the meta that day. Games where it's that the same. with no fucking sideboard. Just play it even there. I just, I don't, I'm just saying the day after you make a deck and you go, you know, 3-0 in a daily or 4-0 in a daily with it, it's not the best deck of all time. I, I think... I think part of the problem that a lot of aspiring brewers have is like they want attention. So like different people have, you know, different reasons why they want to like play magic or interact with the community. And it's not just enough for them to like make a deck that's interesting and can be competitive with the top decks and stuff. They want everyone to know, right? Like, I made it. I'm so smart. So 
Patrick Chapin has, has a, a good strategy, which is like, if you want everyone to want your deck, don't go on Twitter and tell them how great your deck is. Nope. Instead, have a private conversation with about your secret deck, and everyone will <laughs> ask you about the deck. Yeah. That's, that's my strategy, bro. No, it fucking is. Like, he's like, that, that's look my look strategy with the secret groups, remember? Look, look at look at how it is. Like, I mean, like that's how I do. It. I'm like, oh, if you, see, you just have a conversation with somebody who you know has a decent amount of followers that might follow you both. Like, oh, did you see this thing? Oh, this is pretty cool. And then, like, and then you just have a conversation about like what you were playing the night before. You know, kind of like what KYT was doing it farcically doing earlier in this podcast. And then people are like, oh, what is this deck? I'm yeah, actually, yeah, I was making fun of Scotty earlier, but um, when you're talking about like the uh, Life from the Loam Seismic Assault deck, you know. Right before I went to Honolulu, like that, whatever, Thursday, I was talking to Tom Ma on Twitter, and we were talking about the exact same cards. Blade from the Loam, um, Raven's Crime, Seismic Assault. And then, like, you know, 40 people were, like, all chiming in. Like, some pro players, some, like, other, you know. And they're like, wow, this sounds like a really fun deck to play. And it was like, you know, I was on vacation, and when I got back, I'm like, oh, somebody won. It was, like, the exact same thing that Tom Ma and I were talking about. Dude, I'm, I'm trolling Twitter right now about this. About what? I just put talking to Five and Flores about this insane standard deck. I could just go out and be like, I have a deck, and you should all worship at the ground of my deck. You know, I could do that. But I, like, nobody, nobody even paid attention. If I do a post that says new blog post, like a tweet that says new blog post, nobody even clicks that. I uh, click it. Ooh, I, I do. Post. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I think, I think we're all still conditioned from back when Five and Flores was like the place for the midnight hour tech, but now, you That's know, That's when I made gotta... my first PTQ top eight. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, yeah. Okay, here it goes. You guys are like my ultimate target audience, except maybe Jay. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that, Jay's that... like. Mike Flores put out a deck. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> That's never happened. His decks are <laughs> terrible. It's actually, you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're all, we all had so much fun playing the Genesis Wave deck. Like, all of us. Every single one of us. We, we played the shit out of that deck. It was amazing. Even Jay inclusive. So every time you're like, oh, yeah, no, new post, new deck list. We're all checking it mean? out. Even Jay like, wait a minute. I want you one play, of the you listeners play... to just vouch this. You fucking retards. I praise... <laughs> Mike Flores on this podcast all the fucking time. I just don't like it when he's on the podcast. I like when he writes. And I say this like a thousand times over. I fucking, I'll read his article and then I learn something and then I'm like, man, that Mike Flores taught me something. You know what? You know who didn't teach me anything? Fucking Jonathan Medina. That motherfucker hasn't taught me shit. You know who else hasn't taught me anything? Any of the ladies that play magic. You know who's taught me many things? Michael Flores. You fucking assholes. I've actually learned quite a few things from a fair number of lady magic So, So you're saying you don't like ladies and you don't like Mexicans. <laughs> you're such a bigot, Jay. I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking yeah. I'm just a bigot. Tell me what to do. You guys are like, you know, exactly the kind of people I would, I would want to reach. You know, actually, you're so super the kind of people I'd want to reach. Like, especially like KYT. Like, I, and I, I don't, I mean this in the nicest possible way. Like, random dude interacts with you on Twitter, and then now he's like a publishing magnate. You know, like. <laughs> That's like the dream of like uh, any any magic. Like I'm I'm so I'm so tickled and proud. Because I was like, oh, Mike's my sensei. Like, KYT's hey, obviously done so much better with his site than I did with mine. I mean, I did randomly put up a deck and it won the world championship the next week. But yeah, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but KYT actually created a community and, and you know, he rallied a whole country around himself. Is he, in fact, Captain Canada? Are you a superhero? What <laughs> is Jim MPG? There's not Asian superheroes. <laughs> yeah, Asians are always sidekicks. <laughs> Figure it out. Shout out to Kato. Like Psylocke. She's like a British girl in a Japanese girl's body and psychic. Well, right, but it was, but it's her mind that makes her ultra powerful. It's her body that makes her hot, deadly. So I, I don't know, what, you know, how that fits. Yeah, so it's like her mind is the superhero and her body is the sidekick. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous podcast. Wait, <laughs> oh, okay, have you not heard Groklar the Stone Stick? That was way more. Ridiculous okay, than Mike, that. can you do me a favor? So, like, what? I, I can't, I can't listen to like that immensely long podcast that you were on on Horde of Notions, but I understand it was really funny because of Groklar the Stone Stick, so if you could do me a favor and help all of our audiences that just can't listen to, to that cast and just I know, listen, it, it was a good podcast. I mean, it was just like, I mean, like, I don't know, I just said it's a bunch of stuff that, like, for, like, the next really? day, I was like, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> but, you, um, you, were on, you were on a Horde of Notions? Episode yeah. 5, I think. Um... Yeah, like, uh, Noyan, he's, like, good buddies with, uh, with Joey and Joe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they're, like, our, you know, Noyan's our buddy, and I was, like, not doing anything that night. I was, like, in Seattle, and, like, um, I don't know, I just, like, didn't have anything to do, so I just called in and had a good time, and they seemed like cool beans. I'm gonna go listen to it. It's good, and they had Johnny, I mean, did you yeah, guys yeah, know this was that one week where Finkel did, like, three podcasts? That's more podcasts than he's done his entire life, like, and he was, like, randomly on this podcast I'd never heard of. Not just Horde of Notions, like, some YouTube podcast. And then, like, he's, like, tweeting today. He's like, I will do another Reddit Ask Me Anything on March Yeah, 8th. he is doing another Reddit, yeah. <laughs> so they asked me to do that yesterday. I'm like, oh, this seems cool. And then I, like, click the guy's profile, and he, like, asked everybody that day. I'm like, a girl likes to feel special. You know? it's. Oh. Oh, you're talking about, you're talking about Chris Lansdale? <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, the Reddit the guy, I don't, I don't know, um, I don't know his real name. It was just... He, like, uh, reached out to me on Twitter. He's like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm a mod on Reddit. Um, do you want to do an Ask Me Anything? I'm like, oh, that's cool. John did one of those after that, uh, that dating fiasco thing. Yeah. And, um, and then I went and I looked at his profile, and he had asked, like, everybody. That he, did, he didn't ask me. He asked, uh... like, Kai, Brad, Johnny. Oh, okay. All right. I don't feel too bad. Then. Um, but anyway, uh, what, I, what I was asking before we got derailed by... Jay putting me in my place because he likes my articles but doesn't like me on the podcast, which I can understand. <laughs> not very, not very charismatic. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you want? What do you want me to do? Like, uh, I can do all kinds of stuff. But, you know, like I, 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 I have Be a quiet. Routine. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. Share with us, Groklar, the the, the yeah. what? The stone stick. Yeah. The stone stick. It was basically like. At the time, at the time I did that one, and I, I think it was like around when I did Men of Magic. I was like all into technology, like everything I was talking about, was technology, technology, technology. Like, and so the the point that I was making was like, imagine you have like two cavemen, and one of them has like a stick, and they get in a fight. Like the one who has the stick has a significant advantage, you know. Uh, and but I like did it in like kind of an obnoxious, funny way. Like, I'm Grokar, the stone stick. Ah. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you with this stick, and there's a stone on top. Ah. Technology, and then like you're like, oh, I'm I'm a regular caveman without a stone stick. I'm going to be beaten to death. Ah, you know, like and uh, Chris Lansdell thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Chris Lansdale. <laughs> 
And his cat Vader. What? You know what? I can't stop listening to Horde Notions. What? I can't stop. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Are you listening to it right now? No, is no. it because he just sucks your dick all day on no, no. it? I don't know. All what the time? It is. I really don't. <laughs> I think it is. Stuff like sucks your dick or like say stuff. I mean, like, you know, he's your friend. He's like your compatriot on the podcast. That's not. I could have gay friends. <laughs> <laughs> I could say gay. No, yeah. it's supposed to be I just can't use it as a as an adjective to describe Bang. a negative. That's Bang. right. Uh, that's right. <laughs> so like if my, like if I were to say the new the there's a guy on Survivor who is gay and and then that would be accurate. But if I say, you know, like I don't know, that newest Steve Buscemi movie is gay. If it's not a gay pornographic film, <laughs> It's then inaccurate and shouldn't be used. And I'm being inaccurate and a bigot. Even I if mean, it were, unless you mean that it's awesome, because the Steve Buscemi movies are usually pretty awesome. But nobody says awesome for gay. It's it's like joyful and carefree, and movies aren't joyful and carefree. Yeah, not Steve Buscemi movies. No. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. See, it's inaccurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see. You see? Okay. So, so, yeah, I've been listening to Horde of Notions like crazy, man. I don't know what it is. I, I just listened to their latest one where they talk about event decks, right? And uh, they got me wanting to play an event deck at Friday Night Magic. I want to just play one. But so, Dana, you have a wife, right? Which one? Yeah. How do you how do you go to all these Magic tournaments? Do you I, still work? I do just do legit MTG. No, no, no. I work full time. His wife's his wife's just a green card holder. Whoa! <laughs> Actually, so, you know what? In defense, uh, she just seems like a really cool woman that just kind of like knows that John has his thing and lets him do his thing and. You know, in in it's sort of like work too when he goes right because as long as he's yeah. trading and grinding, he's making money and bringing it home, and that makes her happy. So, I mean, I it mean, would be I, like being married to any other workaholic, right? Thank you. I mean, Scott. I'm, <laughs> I'm like my wife. I think my wife's pretty cool. So I just go to F and M. I don't go to like a hundred Magic tournaments. Yeah, yeah. I, I went to one Star City Games event this year. You were there in Memphis. Memphis. <laughs> Oh yeah, you top aided. No, that was Nashville. Nashville? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. All those states are the same. <laughs> I was like, I was with the guy Gary Wise and and uh, and Maher once, and like Gary Wise is like saying something to me. I'm like, ah, I don't know, it's not New York. And like Maher's like, every place that's not New York is Bolivia to you, isn't it? I'm like, <laughs> that's accurate. Actually, now, but then since 2006, I've said there are three places. New York, Bolivia, and Hawaii. So there's a whole third place. Hawaii is so awesome. Yeah, Hawaii is pretty sweet, so I hear. You guys have any sick magic vacations? No. I just went to Cincinnati. That was pretty cool. Well, you guys, I'm, I, I know that I'm like a year late on this, but you guys were all going to go on um the magic... <laughs> We were, and then it got canceled. So we. Didn't. I, I'm, I'm oh, gonna. I, I'm not. I don't want to fixate on the negative part of it. The. Uh, I was like, but what, what would draw you to like doing something? And it's like it's not a pro tour or anything. It's just like this thing. Like, would you have gone to like a magic event? Not on a not on a, a cruise, but like maybe just like at the beach. You know, like, like I mean, at like, a resort. Like, I went. I went to tour. Yeah, like, 
like sake and, of argument, Peace lives in Southern California and uh LSV lives in, in NorCal and you know, there, there are all kinds of like awesome places that magic players live, you know, and like you know, what if there was an event that was just like some magic players hosted it, not on a cruise ship, not by a TO, but like, you know, something else like that. Listen, do, do listen you think people would like that? If Tom Martell if Tom Martell decided to run something, like we'd be there in a heartbeat, right? Why like, Tom Martell? Well, because he's guy's like, the best. He's, got, he's got like the infinite dollars, right? To do whatever he wants. Why so, do you think he has infinite dollars? Because he's the best. <laughs> you know, listen. Wow. Anyways, I think, uh, uh, yeah, uh, something like that I think would be wild. Like, if it were something, you know, smaller, more intimate. Like, I mean, we were all really excited to go on the Magic Cruise. We thought it was a fantastic idea. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a cruise. It oh, could well, be. What, no, yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, what, does it have to be a cruise? And it'd be, like, just something? It has like, to double. It has, it has to double as. an all-inclusive event. Yeah, it has to double also as, a, like, an outing for significant others, right? So here's the question. Like, does food have to be paid for? So just to say, let's say that it's at a resort. You know, like, um, you know, typically if you go to a hotel or something, food's not paid for. But on a cruise, it is paid for, right? Right. So an all-inclusive resort would be ideal. I would think. Yeah, shit, yeah. What does that have to do with magic? Nothing. I'm just picking the brain. Cruise doesn't have anything to do with magic either. I'm not organizing an event. I'm just saying, like, you know, what's I, I'm I'm just curious, you know, like because it seems to me like listening to your podcast, I've listened to your podcast. <laughs> um, you know, like you know, you seem pretty impassioned about this. So I'm just wondering, you know, what is it just because you're gonna hang out with your friends? Like you, yep. you know, Medina lives in Ohio. You know, okay, well, like, so you weren't even gonna go, right? I was I, I was I was not gonna go. It, it is like, a big piece. Hanging out with friends is a big piece. Like the only reason I went down to Cincinnati was to see Joey and meet all these Ohio people. Like it was the only reason I went. Right? I mean it it was it was an awesome time. You played in an event, right? Yeah, I played at the Star City Cincinnati that just happened a couple was weeks ago. It was the only reason you, you went. No, seriously, it was to go and hang out with was to go and hang out with these people. Absolutely it was. It wasn't the only reason you went, you played in an event. If there hadn't been an event there, there, the fact that those people were there, you could go see them on a Tuesday and you didn't. Well, Why would you okay, spend no, thousands no, of dollars to go well, see no, no, John exactly. Dino? Well, no, hold on. What I'm asking, Jay. No, no, hold on. What does it have to do with magic? Because right? so, we're friends and we play magic together. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, hold on. Are the event high? itself, guys, Please, the event itself is inconsequential. Holy fuck. Do this thing on Tuesday. Those guys are there whether or not there's a magic event going. No, that's not entirely true, Mike. friends with them without magic. Mike, these events draw people from a long, from like long distances, right? So a lot of these people are, you know, some of them are up to an hour, an hour and a half away from each other. You know, they're not all getting together all the time just for I, no I reason. Grinding, I was grinding Grand Prix 13 years ago. I understand, like, right, people from from distances, but. Mike, once you get into the the older crowd, right? Like like you said, like Medina and myself, like we're all like in our thirties, right? Or well, almost whatever. Um, some of us, but I mean, like the aspiration and the dream of you know grinding the circuit and hitting the pro tour, like I mean, it's it's not realistic for people that have like real jobs, families, and you know, and and other obligations that you know are higher priority. But needing to go and see your friends and wanting to go out and, and travel to, you know, some venue somewhere, you know, and it's exciting, you know, and it's, it's a draw. And if you can get, you know, uh, that concentration of like-minded friends together, then that's why you go. Scott, right? let me slow you down. I understand the draw of going to play in a magic event. I said, I said that before. Okay. But what I'm saying is that, is that what is it about the intersection of something being about magic 
being kind some kind of a trip, whether it's going to the Cincinnati thing or going on a cruise or going to some all-inclusive resort or whatever, and your friends, what is it that when that cocktail comes together, something is different? Because you said, I only went to go see my friends. And I'm saying, you didn't only go to go see your friends. Those guys are there. Maybe not Joey. He lives in he lives in Baltimore. But all those other guys you went to go see, they could have met you in, in Cincinnati on any given weekend. Right. They could have. Now, I'm not saying you should have done it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that it's clearly not the case that you only went to see them because I have magic friends who live in D.C. or live in, in other cities. And I do go and see them. Friends that I met from magic. And we mm-hmm. just go to a concert or something. So like and I'm not saying you should do it my way either. I'm just saying that, like, the fact that there is an event there is not it's not exclusive from the experience you chose. It is directly a part of the experience you chose. Well, and I think that the. F- the fact that everybody is like it 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 is the event it is the the crucible that brings it all together it's the reason that everybody goes to the one place right cuz everybody likes magic they're like well we'll all get together and we can play right so no but so here, here's but, thing. does there have to be a tournament so this is my question like what if there no. was an all inclusive all inclusive resort uh to use Jay's terms and the only thing magic related about it was you know that LSV will be hanging out by the pool no, for that's a week. fucking garbage. Because no. I'm not friends with LSV. No, so I'm gonna, what, I'm gonna like barn LSV at the fucking pool of an all-inclusive. No, no. Exactly what I'm saying. There has to be something else. Okay. Also, <laughs> by the way, by the way, I could hear like KYT's heart jump. He's like, LSV would be hanging out by the pool. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Here's what I think. I think that. I okay. only, I only born Jerry. I only okay. Born well, Jerry. so so KYT on this note, this is actually a really good point. So. When you were in Orlando, like you and Jerry went to, and a couple of other people went to Universal, right? Right, right, right. Right. So, like, how did that happen? Was that planned or was that just random or like? It was fairly random. I just ran into him um, the morning that we were going to go to Universal Studios and he was just hanging out in the lobby and we were getting a ride from from Sean, someone like a Twitter follower that we we met there, and you know Jerry asked if he could get a ride as well with his girlfriend. Uh, we ended up driving them as well, and we went in and we hung out the whole day together, basically. <laughs> He's like, I was just uh, I randomly met him in the uh, in the lobby, <laughs> aka stalking him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that uh, I think it doesn't have to be a magic tournament. I think that magic tournaments are like they provide the infrastructure and the reason for people to get together. But if you think about like how much time you actually spend at the site versus how many how much time like me and Scotty spent at dinner, Scotty spent at like J Cal's house hanging out and like you know uh, playing EDH for me at my house, like all yeah. of this stuff was just kind of like we spent much more time doing all that than actually being at the site. Yeah. So I think it's like a it's like a backdrop thing. Like I bet you if we did like a magic conference where like, you know, say Patrick Chapin, you know, Michael Flores and Jerry T will do that one for uh, for KYT, right? <laughs> say all three of these guys are like just speaking about magic and like uh, you know, kind of giving like a seminar and like we could go there and listen and then maybe play like some EDH like in between like sessions and stuff. Or like, maybe I, there's draft pods firing off throughout. Maybe yeah, there's, yeah. you know, yeah, stuff like that. Options, you know? I think that would draw people to, like, a, to a hotel where we'd all hang out by the pool, go to these sessions, maybe <laughs> do a game of EDH, go out to dinner, get crazy, you know, stuff karaoke. like that. Karaoke. 
There must I would be probably kick Jay's ass like for talking all kinds of smack about Mexicans and then hug it out, you know. Hey, Dina, let me ask you a question. Ask you Over a question. tequila. <laughs> Sorry, say say that's a reality. Okay, like yeah. sounds good to me. I like this idea. If it is, I'm in on it with you, me and you. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious for a second. Um, say that's the reality. Does this draw more people than a Star City event? Yes. Uh, um, hold on, hold so. on, hold on. So the the allure of the Star City events, and this is something that I found, and, and this is a, a unique perspective that you as an American, and John, you as well, you may not have the same way that we do. Um, the proximity that you guys actually have to one another, for the most part, is a much different thing than we have up here, right? So, um... For example, like I drove from the event, I, I drove from like John's house to the event to Jake House place, and I think I crossed three states or something ridiculous like that. Like yeah. it, it, it's just you guys have a lot, a lot tighter proximity um, and capacity for travel, I guess, in an effective manner um, mm-hmm. than we do. So for anybody that is not in the United States. Um, like it's a big deal, right? Star City events, you guys can drive through. Like it's a two-hour bang out in the morning, and you're you're wherever, right? Or it's a four-hour yeah. drive. Like that's a common thing. But for us, like for me to go see KYT, like literally, and he's in the province next to me. Okay, it's like a six six and a half hour drive, <laughs> right? Like yeah, right. I could drive to Medina's house in Ohio from Canada <laughs> in the same amount of time it takes me to go next door to a province. Right, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it'll get as as much as a Star City event just based on that alone. I think that the reason why I say it would. Oh, is- Scotty, why are we doing it in Canada? No, no. <laughs> okay, but no. But my point is, is that it, there's cost as well, right? So for me to jump in a car, let's just say that I live, you know, I I live near the Star City event in Cincinnati. Maybe I live in Detroit. I got to drive four hours to go there. It's fucking nothing for me to hop into the car that I own and drive four hours to go to an event. What's the actual cost me? Like, if I've got room and board, it costs me, what, like $150, $200 in gas tops? That's it? But, you know, it's it's a lot more of an undertaking if you're talking about getting people that are not in the United States to be part of this. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that pretty much Star City draws all the local U.S. people anyways. Yeah. So, so like, it's going to be similar effect with this thing. You know? Like well, what if what if like what if Patrick Chapin and Bill Bolden put on a tr- put on like a concert at this thing, like after all the sessions, right? <laughs> at night, what if they rocked a concert? Like how badass you know, would that be, John? Like, I gotta tell you, look, if you were to actually like sponsor this or put this on through legit MTG, yeah. and we were to like try, I mean, if we as a podcast tried to put this together in terms of you know running MC for the events and things like that. Like, this is something that I can get behind. I gotta tell you. A lot of people would like to do this kind of thing. I I got a bit of a semi for this idea, and Mike seems like he's interested at least in talking it out further, so this could be a thing, guys. <laughs> I was just asking why he wanted to go on a cruise. <laughs> and I'm over here building this event that's gonna that's gonna happen. Yeah. The allure is the allure is being able to interact with people like you know, you, personalities like yourself and Patrick and LSV and all those guys, like in a setting, in a, in a setting that's more intimate, right? That's I'm going to bring it back to the question I asked before. Yeah. What is different about the thing that you guys are talking about for a second than 
when I or joked earlier that LSV is, is hanging out by the pool every day. Because him being hanging out by the pool every day is actually probably more access to the average attendee yeah. than, you know, sitting in a chair while somebody lectures at you. My wife doesn't care if LSV is sitting <laughs> at a pool at a resort. No, no, I, now, I'm no hold on. My wa- well, hold on. Let me rephrase. So let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Sorry. My wife doesn't care if LSV is hanging out at a pool in somebody's backyard in, in NorCal. But if he's hanging out at a pool at a resort that we're at in Acapulco, that's something else. In Acapulco? Just randomly someplace in Mexico. I think the There's difference three is three that... places. New York, Bolivia, <laughs> and Honolulu. Right, okay. I, I think the difference is is that you go um expecting to learn something, whereas if you go to the pool with LSB, you're not gonna expect to learn anything, right? Like if I go hang out at the pool with LSB, I'm not gonna be like so, yo, LSV, I was playing this uh, Black Blue yeah. Zombies deck, and uh, fuck out of here. Here, listen to this play real quick and tell me what you think of it, okay? All right, I, I actually disagree with you significantly. Uh, I'll tell you why. Do you guys know who Ben Rubin is? Yeah. Uh, Hall of Famer Ben Rubin? Yeah. So um, I hang out at Johnny's house about, like, at least once a week, um, and uh, I went over to Johnny's house one week, and, like, I skipped three weeks ago, and Bob Marr was randomly there. I haven't seen Bob in years. And I was, like, so mad at myself that I worked late that night instead of going. But anyway, so I, I went, and and Ben Rubin's there, and, like, we start chatting. And Ben was talking to me about card quality and how Zoo has, like, the best card quality. And then, you know, s- stuff got turning in my head. And then less than a month later, Nia Lightsaber won the world championship. And that would not have happened if I just did, wasn't eating almonds with Ben Rubin at John Finkel's house. Like, it's literally Ben – it's like, you know, Ben Rubin was at this place that I also was at. Okay, you know, but were, like, you at, were you at John's house for a Finkel draft, though? No, I don't really draft. Yeah, oh, like, okay. I, I thought I made that clear. No, um, John has a, a movie club. Oh, uh, okay. Actually, Lan, Lan Ho start, when Lan Ho moves to New York um, in 2008 or 2009 – uh, he's yeah. He uh, stayed at John's house for a while uh, before he got his own place, and he just started hosting a movie club. And it's like this really diverse group of people now. Like original original core was just you know, you know, core friend magic players who've been friends for twenty years. Now there's like all different kinds of people. You know, like there's probably gonna be a marriage that comes out of it. In all honesty, um, and people who met met through it. Uh, and I go and like it, it for me. It's you know, my wife's gone. It's fun. Um, and it's like, you know, we're for the most part working adults and there's like, you know, some pretty girls who are in college who go and stuff like that, uh, also, but for the most part, we're working adults and, you know, it gives us an interesting, uh, way to socialize with other intelligent adults, um, you know, in a different kind of structure than going to a bar or, um, I actually, I don't really go to bars, so I don't know how people socialize. I just play moto. Um, but imagine if I did. Um, you know, that, that, you know, there would be some barrier to that. I I don't don't even remember what it was like to be single. I I think it was probably miserable. (laughs) That's my my editorial on being single. Any single people out there, you're probably miserable, right? Straight wife plug. Well-deserved wife plug. KYT, you're not married, right? No, no. But you're, you're locked down, right? I'm pretty locked down. 
five years with my. Whoa, girlfriend. pretty lockdown. <laughs> How does your girlfriend feel about you being pretty lockdown? <laughs> she obviously loves it. Hey, wait, you know how long I'd been dating my wife uh, when I married her? No. Six months to the day, bro. Whoa. You know how long I was dating my wife? How long? Three been? years. <laughs> I saw this hot chick in a in a Barnes and Noble. She talked to me. Like what? Then I married her. <laughs> that was it. Wow. Chapter one. I read about this in my blog. You guys, yeah, I, I, read, I read that. I read that. Hey, did I hear you say you're you recorded another chapter for your book? Yeah, yeah. So I wrote this book. Uh, it's going to come out on Star City Games, and uh, it's like next level shaping, man. <laughs> so is it like an audio book? Um. Yeah, it's uh, I'll come on again when I want to promo the book. I don't want to. I don't want to talk too much about it at the point where you know it'll take a while for it to come out. Like, he doesn't want to blow his proverbial load. <laughs> the proverbial load. Um, I mean, I was KYT. Did I send you any chapters like last year? Or no? Uh, you sent me like the first first chapter. Just the first chapter. I How much did you learn from that? Just that first chapter, KYT. Did it um, explode your mind? Was it like nine hundred pages long? <laughs> no, but it was very good. Um, yeah, so it's like I don't know. It, I think the book in total is the best thing I ever did. Um, it's like uh, it's done, um, but we're working on it. Lauren's working on it with me and uh, secluded Glenn and Evan, and um, it's going to be uh, bigger and different than pretty much anything that's been done. So instead of decade, it's going to be like century. It has a great name that Joy Pasco came up with, actually. Really? Yes. Uh, I was talking to Joy about it last year. I've been writing it for like maybe the past 13 months. Wow. And uh, Joey's like, call it this. And I'm like, that's like the best name ever. I already know that what I'm going to name my book. It's going to uh, be... The Scam Children. No, here's, here's what I'm going to call it. Ready? <laughs> Pound More Medina. That's going to be my book name right there. Yeah. You can't Hash, make gauges. Hashtag, hashtag more Medina. Oh, hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. Sorry. More Medina. That's what's going to be right there. Because you get it, like, if you're reading the book, you're getting more Medina. <laughs> it's like next level thinking. <laughs> Got it. Did you like the uh, the audio piece I put up last month? The I mean, I don't know if you like the basketball content, but, like, I wrote I read that article on Star City. Um... You didn't listen to it. No, I didn't. Not going to lie to you. <laughs> all right, we just all act like we're your fans, but we actually don't follow your work. This is like, this is crushing well, my Well, no, no, hold on. Now, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. <laughs> you just went right on, on, on five of Flores because it's free. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have, no, no, I have premium. <laughs> and I have it on the app. Look, on my iPhone. You have premium, you have it on the app. But you want me to do the exact same work, but not get paid? No, uh, no. Hold on a minute. I disagree. No, no. Because the way that you, no, no. The way that you wrote on uh, Five of Floors versus the way that you write elsewhere is not you. I don't know you. Hold on. Let me rephrase. So the writing, your writing style that you had on your blog was extremely conversational, and it felt more personal. This is more uh, – so if if the mothership is 
the Ultra Polish, and Star City Games is the next polish. Pays me money to do that. Hi, I'm a dirtle. <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I, I'm actually I, I actually agree with Scott. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm more apt if you say new blog post. Yeah. I'm way more I'll apt to go and read that than yeah. go and read an article on Star City because, like, it's the difference between like. Friend Flores and Ivory Tower Flores. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. There is no Ivory Tower Flores. There's like, there's like Ivory Tower, I'm getting paid to write this Flores. And there's like Friend Flores, check this out, guys. Like, you know. Friend Flores. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just, I just think there's, there's a significant difference in your writing style. And one of, one appealed to me more than the other, I guess. So like, I, and I'm just like John, like I never missed a blog post. But you, you only like the blog posts that are about magic. You don't like the blog posts that are about Aquaman. No, that's not true. I, I liked a lot of the uh, the books and the television one. Like, truthfully, because of you and, and BDM, I watched Sons of Anarchy. And I never wrote about that once on my blog. I only talked about so, yeah, I'm just saying, but, like, uh, but as an example, right? Like, these are things that you guys discuss that are non-magic related that, that I pick up on that I, I just, I, it's changed my life. In, are you an ardent Cleveland Cavaliers fan? I'm actually uh, completely anti-basketball, so I just kind of endure that shit when you guys start talking about that crap. I'm the same way. I only I only read the the magic posts, like all the rest of that garbage. I could give a shit about. <laughs> but no, it's just I'm literally just anti-basketball. It's just me. That's it, okay. What sports do you like? Um, stereotypically, like hockey, baseball. Um, I enjoy watching lacrosse. I like boxing. <laughs> yeah, I like I like UFC. I like that a lot too. Wait, you like lacrosse, you dude? Like we've got we've got a sick lacrosse team here in Toronto. I'm Games sure are really you do. cheap. <laughs> and, sure uh, you do. Yeah, I'm sure it's real hard to get into the lacrosse league up in. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but lacrosse is actually um, I am one not of our aware. I can assure you. <laughs> yeah, so it's a thing up here in Canada, lacrosse. Oh man, I just uh, I just trolled Smitty. I go, I'm talking about this sick deck with Flores, and then Smitty goes, Hexblade? Question mark? And I said, what's that? <laughs> what is Hexblade? He's what like, is? No, this is Smitty's answer. You'll see. <laughs> oh, man. Another so. two and two from Jay Smitty. Oh, <laughs> Brought to you by 60cards.com. I should say, I used to watch some of Smitty's videos, I just forgot to tell him, like, Smitty, this is not a good format for a video. Look, man, I've won so many games. I can just tell you over and over again how many games I've won. As you can see, oh, it looks like I got mana screwed in this one. But trust me, this deck is just unreal. <laughs> I mean, like, actually show the game that you, like, demolish somebody. <laughs> I miss your videos too, Mike, by the way. Yeah, it's like, here, I mean, I don't know, you can take whatever. Do you, do you any of you guys actually watch the Twitch TV stuff everybody does? I watch some of it. Yeah. I, so I like, especially watch when Brian Kimmer's getting drunk. That's my favorite. I mean, like, I don't know if you noticed, but I spend, like, a lot more time on my videos than anybody else does. Yeah. So, like, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, like, not, it's not, like, a good, it's not, not, the, not a good use of my time. Like, when I, when I innovated doing moto videos, I don't know if you guys remember, but I invented Yeah. That. You invented um, that? Uh, yeah, pretty much invented that. Um, the, uh, the, like, I, I mean, I even get paid when I did it back then. And the, I mean, like, I would just stick it in an article or put it in a blog post or something. But the, uh, the thing was, um, you know, it's super time consuming for me because I actually, like, 
try to find games that are illustrative of how a deck works. Like, to me, like, oh, I'm going to play an eight-man, watch me play. It's just like, is that really that engaging? Like, I've seen somebody play Blackboot Control before, you know? But what's interesting to an, a reader, I think, is like, hey, this is Blackboot Control. These are, like, how it works, you know? You know, walking through, this is how this particular play goes. And I go, this is highly illustrative of, like, what the long game strategy is for this. I think the last time I did videos is when I did the blue-red deck, right? I did it, and then that weekend I, I played in the uh, the 5K. I think I was yeah. playing in Smitty. Um, maybe I should do more videos. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, honestly, Mike, like, your videos are, they've always been really good. You know, and the work that you put into them, it, it does very well show. And I think that that perspective that you're, you're giving us, which very simply is, well, look, here's here's the short game. Here's here's where where we get from A to B to C, right? Um, that's extremely important, and I don't think that enough people do that. And that's some of what uh, the streaming has done is it's it's allowed the public to have access to that, you know, that style of thinking um, or that those processes that that you know more experienced players like yourself go through you know when you're making your decisions and that's the piece that makes this streaming really good and that's what made your videos really strong you know i I think like i look at it in a little bit different way which is like to me i mean you guys can disagree or not yeah you consume a lot of this media as well i feel like when other people do not everybody but i think the prevailing sentiment of other people doing videos is like i'm gonna go play in a tournament i'm gonna go play some matches and they record it and then you know they say some stuff. And, like, whatever happens in the matches, that's it, right? It's very different to that when you, you say, like, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters how you play. You know, it matters maybe if you win. It matters maybe what the context of the games are. But what you're, what I always tried to do was not so much be like, I'm playing in a tournament. I'm going to go win a pack on Moto. But, like, typically I would pair the video either with, like, an article about a certain deck or, like, overview of decks and, like, when you look at other coverage, when you want to play a deck like this in the future, these are the things to be looking for. Which is, you know, it's maybe a subtle difference, but I think it's different than than somebody just playing and it's like whatever happens is happenstance, you know, versus I, picking. I think like I think the worst culprit of that is from the videos I watch, and I love this guy, but I'm just gonna call him out a little bit. Uh, Ali Antrazi. Like when I watch Ali Antrazi's uh, um, Tron videos. He was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to play this this Tron deck. And then he just played against some random decks, and then he he lost some of them. And was just like, oh, well, it looks like, you know, maybe if he draws this, then I lose. And he just, it was really not that informative. And I wanted to know about the Tron deck. You know, I was like, man, I want to, I want to see how this plays out against, like, some of the popular decks and this and that. And, um, like, the example of, like, a really good video that I watched was um, the video series that Michael Jacob did on... Um, it was a uh, uh, yeah rug. It might have been yeah, rug or, so or, or Naya. It might yeah, it's probably rug. And uh, he was going through the plays, um, like exactly what he's thinking and what he's like worried about in the matchup, and then like how he's going to prepare for that and how he's going to play his hand like to beat that thing that he's worried about. You yeah. know who invented that? You. No, Chapin. Chapin? <laughs> yeah, Chapin taught Michael Jacob to do that. Yeah, so I thought the, those videos were good. I thought your videos were good. You did the same thing, and like I felt like the matches that we were that I was watching with you, with you and with Michael Jacob were relevant matches that had something to do with like what I would want to learn about the deck, uh, like as opposed to maybe you know Ali Antrazi's 
and I can't judge all his videos, but the ones on the Tron were just kind of random videos that he was playing, and he was just kind of like, eh, well, you know, I don't know if this guy's really playing. And he even sideboarded wrong on, on one of the matchups. And it was just kind of like, I mean, I know, you know, everybody sideboards wrong, but, like, if you're going to make a video, don't make the video where you sideboard wrong, you know? Put the video... Yeah. I tried. I tried to do something where I was maybe doing something either right or illustrative, um, but you know, I never really went for verisimilitude. So, like, a lot. I think a lot of people they think that there's a, a positive quality to like, oh, this is their actual tournament experience. I'm like, uh, and I think that there is value to that. But for me, I think that in trying to purvey information in, in a video, I was always trying to focus more that. And this is going to sound silly coming from me, but like the star of the video is the deck rather than being me, or maybe the star of the video is Bella. But uh, she the... definitely <laughs> is. Yeah, she cracks me up on. on... <laughs> oh, um, but man. yeah, but really, it was, I, I I tried to make it more about the deck rather than uh than uh what I was doing. Yeah, I don't so... know. I think there's more than one way you can do a good job now. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the streaming stuff because the streaming stuff is more of like a hangout. Like, you're kind of in there talking on chat, like, bullshitting and, like, you know, just watching this guy play and, you know, questioning his plays or asking questions about the plays. And I think that's, that's uh, it's fun. It's maybe not the best way to get information, but it's definitely something cool to do, you know? Well, I don't know. I, I guess people's level of cool, you know, it's like <laughs> there's different levels of cool, right? Yeah, there's Michael J and everybody else. <laughs> oh man, and on that note. So Mike, why is your so aside from the fact that you cut green to play ponder, why is your four color big big deck here better than the Frights deck? In summary. You can well you can play like so your deck has all this library manipulation. It's like Ponder, Faithful Saluting, Desperate Ravings. Uh, forbidden alchemy so you can take your draw and then you can play you can play like three or four different decks so like um if i want to play a game like black like you know kyc can tell you like i can just play a grinding game against a black blue control deck as if i was a black blue control deck i sit and fix my hand and then my hand at the end of the game is a go for the throat and then the gate and i have a go for the throat and the gate the entire game and everything else i do he actually has to interact with the whole rest of my deck that isn't the go for the throat and the negate that are in my hand. And I'm fighting him with Liliana. He's getting with Nathalia Dronyard, but that's setting up my flashbacks. So I'm drawing tons of extra cards. Then I can... And then the thing is, like, my reanimation spells, like my unburial rights, are just threats. So, like, I can... It's like it's like you get a free a free Inferno Titan every couple of turns because of how they're trying to kill you. So I, I beat a black-blue control deck. My only card was a Faithless Looting, and he had seven cards. And I never even cast the Faithful Salute. So you can't cast Faithless Looting. You're down six cards to begin with. Yeah. Cast Faithless Looting, I'm going to be down even worse, right? So I literally, for most of the game, I had a Faithless Salute, and he had seven cards. But, like, the way the game played out, I had so many cards in my graveyard. Like, I was using Liliana. I was, like, managing down my hand. Then I would just, like, play cards out of my graveyard. And he had to play cards out of his hand to fight against the cards in my graveyard. So, like, Technically speaking, I'm playing cards that have reanimation theme to them, right? I'm playing on burial rights. I'm playing faithless looting. What I'm actually doing is I'm playing like, you know, this like control style attrition match in that match. Okay, so that's one thing. Or if I'm playing the other thing is my deck is like point removal and like you know, geist flames and um and stuff like that, which I don't think the free free tech doesn't have that kind of stuff. So like 
you can play like a board control game, right? So I can go like Liliana, um, discard Geist Flame, Flashback Geist Flame, kill your Bird of Paradise. So it's like you're like just suffocating your opponent because the cards you're discarding with Liliana all have Flashback. And then you just play like the Rock against against a deck like that. My deck only has two mono leaks, right? So yeah. like I'm playing the Rock, you're playing a creature deck. That's a superb matchup for me. I'm playing like you're playing Black Blue Control. I'm also playing Black Blue Control with twice as many cards as you. And it looks like you have more cards than me, but you never do. I always have more cards than you. And so, like, I'm molding my game against that game, right? Or I can just play this retarded combo draw, right? I can just go, like, first turn Faithless Looting, you know, Monolith your thing, third turn um, Forbidden Alchemy, fourth turn I have a, I have an Elshorn in play, and there's, like, you know, you're playing Mono Green Control. Your guys are just all dead. Your Mono Green, you know, you know yeah. Stranger guys or something. Like, and if I choose to play that game plan against that deck, you're not going to win, right? I have so many Faithless Lootings and Ponders, Desperate Ravings, and Forbidden Alchemies, and I can just, like, monoleague you one time. Like, you go sword, I monoleague your sword. And I just go, manip, manip, uh, on Burial Rites, and I just basically played a combo game against you. So the thing is, like, the deck has, because it has Liliana, because it has so much card advantage, because it has slight counterspells, because it has removal, you know, because it has very flexible sideboards. The sideboard, best card is, like, um, uh, consecrated Sphinx. So, like, I don't think a lot of people think of Consecrated Sphinx as a, as a legitimate reanimation target, but it can be in this deck. You know, you can discard it and then get, like, a fourth turn Consecrated Sphinx. Or, say your opponent's playing with Graft Digger's Cage. You can have Consecrated Sphinx in your deck, which is not a card they anticipated, right? They're, they're going to try to play against your graveyard, let's say. And you, you have Consecrated Sphinx. Now you have a source of card advantage that's making up for the fact that their Graft Digger's Cage is turning off so much of, of your cards, right? Mm. Um, so, like, the uh, the fact that you have so many card drawing spells allows you to do a couple of different cards, like maybe one or two cards only, and then you have the flexibility of a whole deck in a tiny package. And the deck is, like, uber consistent, even though it has a disaster of a mana base. Like, look at that mana base. That's a mana yeah. base only Brian Kibler could love. Yeah. But, <laughs> the, but the, the fact that you have Ponders and Faithless Lootings and Desperate Ravings allows you to keep almost any hand. Like, I, I, I don't know, I was talking to KYC last night, and I'm like, I kept another one lander, and I have yeah. five lands to play. <laughs> yeah, like, like a bird's a mulch. And a... <laughs> it's just like a bird a mulch, except for if I get Geist Flame, that I don't lose the game on the spot. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, uh, so I'm like, oh, I kept another one lander, and it's just like, it, 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 imagine how good your hand is consistently when you're keeping one land hands and having five lands and play on turn five consistently. Yeah. Right? Like, the rest of your hand must be pretty good. Um, and I love to play this game. I'd never played it before, where you just get Liliana and you play the whole game with no hand. I'd never done that before. Like, uh, if I played Liliana in the past in Black Blue or Bug type control decks, you know, there'd be many games where I just sat there not using Liliana. This deck, you aggressively use Liliana over and over again because it's okay to discard your Inferno Titan. I can just flash it back, you know? Mm -hmm. Or it's okay to discard my card drawing spell. All my card drawing spells have flashback anyway. So um, you do this, and like, your opponent's just like, you have no cards in hand. You're using Liliana. They have to discard a card, and you don't. They're just always pissed. It's just that's awesome. That's, that's what Liliana is in uh, Solar Flare. Um, yeah, you know, actually, I I think I forgot to write. I, I think Solar Flare is a pretty bad matchup for my deck because like yeah, they do a similar thing Titans to you, eat you but right? they have like yeah, they have like I lost you know, this guy's like Sun Titan. All of a sudden, he had three Sun Titans in play, and then Oblivion ringed my Liliana. I was just like. <laughs> Yeah. That was a disaster. I was like, I was gonna like flash back Inferno Titan, kill all of his fake guys, and then Liliana, his real Sun Titan. But like, I couldn't get his Sun Titan now because he got my Liliana. So like, I could Inferno Titan his other fake Sun Titans, but they were just coming back. You know, like, 
So I was like, oh, yeah, concede. Um, yeah, it's it's one of the most fun decks I've played in a long time. I, I really like playing blue-red decks, uh, so mm-hmm. you guys probably know that. Um, yeah. But it, it's really fun to play. It's really powerful. Like, you know, this you're playing against humans or something, and you have, like, a fourth-turn Elshnorn with a mana leak in your hand. Like, it's just a disaster for them. You know, it's it's so, so powerful. And then you have these other games where, like, you're, you're literally playing with black and control. Like, the one card you don't discard is your negate, you know? You're just, like, discard everything else, and you hold this negate, and your opponent's, just, like, suffocated by Liliana. And, you know, he's like, ah, oh, here comes my big spell. I'm going to cast, like, a blue sun zenith here, like, a negate. And they're like, ugh, no. <laughs> now you slam them with an unburial rights, and it's just all over. It's, it's, it's fun. It sounds pretty interesting. I I don't know. I I think the reason why that I'm gonna call it frights again. The reason why that frights deck is insane is because it's so fast. Like the mana dorks let you turn three and barrel rights. They're pretty... only one turn faster than your than my deck's nut draw, and you don't have to play with little green creatures. Yeah, I mean, the other thing about the green creatures is you could just hard cast your threats quicker. Yeah. First of all, it's not hard to cast the hard cast the threats in a sec. And second of all. Do you know what a disaster it is in a top deck war to draw Bird of Paradise? Yeah, it's a disaster, but, you know, you do have a lot of card draw. There's more than one viable good deck, John. Yeah, I'm saying your deck is good, but, you know, I, I'm also I'm also pointing out that the Frights deck is is faster. It's more... There's um, no question it's faster. Their deck's yeah. also more erratic. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it strikes me as um, the the consistency for power discussion. No, my deck's more powerful. By the way, reanimating an Inferno Titan or an Elshnorn is not an insurmountable threat. Right. It's much less powerful than getting a Primeval Titan in a ramp deck. You know, you just get Doombladed a lot of the time, and your guy got, you know, you invested all this work into getting basically three damage on your opponent for, like, nugging a Bird of Paradise with Elshnorn, and they just Doomblade you. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's not like... So when you say something like, oh, yeah, the Freets deck can, like, swiftly get out this thing, like, you know... The deck has like go over the throat and Liliana. You could just kill their threat. It's not, it's not that big a deal, you know. And then yeah. and the thing I is, mean, like, they're at some point they're spent, you know, because they're like accelerating out this thing. And you know, you basically have end of the day, the two decks have the same end game, right? Yeah. There's a little bit faster, but my deck has like all kinds of things that are awesome that aren't drawing an Avicen's Pilgrim on turn ten. Yeah, you know, like. I think that's, like, the main difference. And, you know, are they going to win games because they're faster? Yes. Are they going to lose games because somebody has an arc trail and they had two Birds of Paradise in their opening hand? They're also going to lose games because of that. Yeah, if they keep one land and a bird and a mulch. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of hands that you can't necessarily, you know, I, I, I you can't necessarily too, complain yeah. about. You get blown yeah. out by an arc trail. People yeah, yeah. like arc trail because it blows people out sometimes. I'm yeah, I think I'm reading the article here. You did make a point somewhere about playing uh, Ratchet Bomb, I think, as well, for all of those uh, there. Like, the generic Ratchet Bomb solution for all of the crazy token nonsense um, that when Elish Norn doesn't just win you that game. Yeah, I mean, I lost to a black-white deck when KOT was talking to me. I was, like, kind of mad. Yeah. <laughs> That's my deck. He just, like, he just natural drew, like, two, uh, two, um, Hero Blade Hold. Yeah. And, like, I killed the first one, and then I discarded my second go for the throat to Desperate Ravings by accident. <laughs> <laughs> by accident or at random? I had, like, six cards in my hand. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I was like, oh, man. You well, didn't have it yet. If you cut, like, is, is Worm Coil Engine an absolute must-have for the red matchup? No. I, I just lo- randomly lost to, like, a Hellrider deck, so I wanted to have faster stuff against red. Yeah. I would, because if, I mean, like, changing the two uh, Curse of Death Holds for Ratchet Bombs and changing the two Worm Coil Engines to Sun Titans isn't terrible, right? Why do I want Sun Titans? Well, because you can Ratchet bring back the Ratchet Bombs and you can bring my, back Liliana if you need to. My Sun Titans right? don't do anything exciting. I guess they get back Land and Liliana. That's not land, bad. Like I said, Land, Liliana, and Ratchet Bomb if you're playing it, right? So Yeah, William's deck had Sun Titan. I think I cut, the first thing I did was cut it. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's in the sideboard in a corner case situation, but it definitely shores up those matchups where you were you were talking about their, their weak there. It, so. it actually might not be a bad main deck card. Like, you, you don't necessarily... Like, it's annoying to play against cards like what's a flashback? Remove one card from your graveyard. I beat that card earlier today. It was annoying though. Oh, uh, surgical extraction. No, no, the one it 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 gets oh. a card your graveyard as flashback. Yeah, it's a white one. It's yeah. Um, yeah, I forget what it's called. But, I have it in my band deck. But the other thing is like with surgical extraction, you know, if you only have like the two main kind of fatties, like obviously it's typically a sideboard card, not a main deck card. Yeah. Like, they could just, like, get all your Sun Titans, I'm sorry, all your Inferno Titans, and now you have to win with Elsnorn, which is not a fast way to win. So, I mean, I almost always bring in at least, like, one Consecrated Sphinx every single game. Usually I bring in both, just because somebody might Surgical Attraction half my ways to win. Yeah. Um, Man. I don't know, no, it's it looks, a fun deck. I think it it's very up. good. Um, so, yeah. I don't know, KYT watched me play. I mean, we'll... I, it looks like I can probably build this entire deck with all of the cards that I'm not playing with right now, so I think I'm going to do it. Are you playing so that's... FNM tomorrow? Are you going to bring your son? Uh, no, I don't, I don't know, but we'll have some games this weekend for sure. So we'll get something new and get his standard deck all tuned up. He's playing Burning Vengeance right now, so. But... How old is he? Uh, he'll be 12 this year. 12. I know. I, it was actually a really neat experience. We sat down and we went to that uh, modern PTQ last weekend and uh, last week and week before, I guess. And he was playing against somebody that, you know, we've been playing against for quite some time. And, you know, they had awesome, awesome things to say about how well his play has improved, you know, in the last, I guess, year that he's been playing. And it was really nice to see he's, he's literally twice as good as he was a year ago. So it's promising as a dad, you know. I made this IRL video of like me playing against Bella with um like pre cons or whatever that you get like for free at Comic Con. Yeah. Um and, like I made her play the red one, I was playing the blue one. I was like snarking her, like or if she did something I would like bounce it or counter it and stuff because 'cause I'm blue. <laughs> then, but she was she had like the flu at the time, but I didn't know she was like she was like at the beginning of being sick. So she just looks terrible in the video. She just like looks so terrible. And she's like, Please don't put that video up. I didn't feel good. And she was <laughs> I was like, No, I wanna finish making that video, it's awesome. Remember that time I cast the haste creature against you? She was like, no, I don't feel good, dad. Um So like, when we went to Comic Con, she just took like a Soren deck, a Jace deck and uh What's her in Chandra? Yeah, and she's just like those are the only colors you need. And like, and somebody tried to give her a green deck for free, and she's like, "What do I want that for?" You've <laughs> like, learned well. And she's like, "Is white actually playable, Dad?" I'm like, yeah, "It could be good." And she's like, "I don't know." It's awesome. All right, so do we want to uh, move to shoutouts since we've already lost Jay due to some sort of crazy, sick ass disease or bug or something? He said he hates it when I'm on the podcast. I, I guess I scared him off. 
He's just trolling the shit out of you. Where's Smitty? Seriously, why isn't he on? No, seriously, <laughs> why Smitty. Why is Dino? What is that you did? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so so now I think we're going to have two boats against Mike Flores to come on the podcast. <laughs> I think I'm going to band together with Jay so that this doesn't happen again. I thought you wanted me to say what is legitimacy, Jay, and you were going to use it as an ad. I am going to, but all this talk about why is Medina on and where's Smitty? Come on, man. <laughs> I'm Show- serious. Why is I took Smitty's place, man. I took Smitty's place on the A team, bro. I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Sensei. (laughs) (laughs) Smitty was like Mike's favorite uh, A team. Yeah? Is it because he brews decks? I brew decks too, bro. My favorite A team is KYT. The rest of you don't be like, Sensei. What should I do? I have decisions to make in my life. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> I gotta say, though, Mike always has good advice uh, regarding the magic community. He always, every now and then, he hits me up with a little DM, you know, and it's like, hey, Medina, don't do that. You look like an idiot. And then I'm like, oh, thanks, Mike. And, uh, and things go well, you know, when I listen to Mike Flores. I'm telling you, even Chris Massioli. Sent me an, he sent me an I am. He's just like, oh, I'm glad I had that conversation. With you. I'm glad I had it with him, too. I wrote that Street Fighter article and that none of you guys read. The rest of the community seemed to like it fine. Yeah, it's probably a good article, bro. I mean, I don't know why you need our approval, you know? But uh... It's not that I don't, quote, need your approval. <laughs> I, I, just, I just thought that, you know, you guys read my articles based on the communications we had had in the past. I didn't know that you were actually just lying to me before. <laughs> Especially a little, KYT. A I mean, I, it was pretty shocking. Oh man, I'm too. I was too busy watching Jeremy Lin beat your Cavaliers, Mike. <laughs> Stop with the Cavaliers, man. We're done. We're done. We're done <laughs> oh man. All right, let's move to shoutouts, man. It's almost one yeah. a.m. I gotta yeah. work in the morning. Ditto. Shout out to Jay. Shout out to Jay Boosh. Yep. All right, who's gonna start? I just shout out to Jay. Anyone else? I'll do. I'll do some shout outs. Um, shout out to uh, Brandon Young. I was playing that guy in EDH before I got on the cast. Um, I told him not to attack me because I was going to make him hurt if he did, and then he didn't attack me, but I made him hurt anyways because I wanted <laughs> to win the game. So uh, he got a little bit upset about that. <laughs> so shout out to that guy. Um, Yes, you're right, you're, you're right, John. That is way worse than my story about playing against the hump. <laughs> yeah, that story is so bad. So, um, shout out to Jay Boosh. Um, and I just want to get a couple of plugs in here. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> I want to uh, I want to plug, uh, I actually do want to plug uh, LegitMTG.com. We just launched our uh, our store. So uh, you can now buy singles at our website, and I'm pretty pumped about that. So we've been getting some orders, and uh, you know things are looking good. Uh, it's been a it's been a long road, and uh, and I just want to give Mike Flores a shout out for coming on and uh, casting with us. It's been uh, it's been pretty awesome, like usual. And uh, that's it. That's it for uh, for me. Okay, Mike, you got anything you want to uh, anyone you want to shout out there? Bueller. Crickets, crickets, 
Should I take your silence as a no? And Mike Flores is gone. He's, is that what he happened? Got, he got yep. disconnected. We Scott. lost him. Oh shit. Okay, I'll let you I'll let you go last. I'll let you go last, Scott. Okay. So yeah. thanks, Mike, for, for coming on. Um It was <laughs> one crazy episode as yet again he he happens to just like take any conversations you guys say and then think of a story that happened like ten years ago, connects it and then goes crazy with it. Um and he, he did it again. Um, and I th- think there's not that much shouts for me this week. Shouts to Evil Beard for um contributing and helping, uh, and Carlos for helping me out figuring out how to tweak the the blue white Tron list that I'm trying to perfect uh for the rest of the PTQ season. And I think that's it for me for for this episode. Okay. Um. So I need to uh, give a shout-out to Mike for joining us tonight. Um, shout-out to Jay for uh, doing his best to hang in there, but ending up uh, dropping off. Um, shout-out to uh, Desperate Raving on Twitter, um, who is uh, helping to uh, sponsor my run to try to get a Star City Games um, commentary position for the next time they're in Buffalo. Because I Ooh. think that would be awesome. So be anyone sweet. else? Yeah. So anyone else that uh, would like to see me behind the camera and behind the desk, hopefully for like an entire weekend, uh, you should be tweeting uh, at SCG Live, at Secluded Glenn with two N's, at Mr. Orange, and at Muldrifting. And you should oh, let them so- know that uh, that you want to have me uh, behind, the, behind the camera there because I think it would be pretty sweet. And shout out to my boy Tyrone over at uh, MTG Brainstorm. MTG the Brainstorm, yeah. I, uh, I happened to record an episode with him uh, on Friday after we recorded on Thursday night. So I had some time at the house. So uh, we were able to talk a little bit about uh, my Star City Games uh, time and a bunch of other stuff. So we just kind of shoot the breeze and it was cool. Uh, also, the exclusive place where you will find my up-to-date Black White Tokens list, for those of you that have been asking, are on his site at mtgbrainstorm.com. So you guys can go that, and check that out. I'll double that plug because yeah. I, listened to, I listened to that show and I could listen to that guy read a soup label. Dude! <laughs> I, I said to him too, I'm like the phone book. I will fucking listen to you read the phone book. Yeah. He's just got that silky smooth voice and he's just like, hey guys, this is Tyrone with the MTG brainstorm. And it's just like, oh man, I just love Tyrone. Do you listen to uh do you listen to words of F and M King? No, I heard that he just didn't he just record the first no, one? No, there's like so he's done like he's done like ten ten or twelve of them or something. But like that's literally just him, some groovy hip hop music and just talking for about a half an hour. Like I can't listen to it when I'm driving because I'm going to die. Like it's going to just like lull me off into this oh, you know man. not care state and I will just kill a million like kill a hundred people on the highway if I if I, I do that. I love right. that he's got that F and M band. Like it's not all competitive man. It's just like basically an F and M F and M cast. And it's it uh, totally is, yeah. Yeah, it's sweet. He's he's really like he's really trying to come up. So uh, yeah, I, I want to double that shout out. Yeah. So you guys should go over to the website and make sure you uh, you do you know put your comments in and and check out the podcast and you know and and get, definitely give him his due because uh, he's working really hard and uh, it's good. He's my boy. What can I tell you? So uh, shout out as well to uh, David Lee Durfington. Um, got, uh, it was really awesome to see him, got a ton of stickers from him, uh, the turtling around stickers. They are amazing. So next time I see you at an event, I have like, I've hoarded about three 
Jace the Mind Sculptor Dirtling Around stickers left. And so the next three people at an event that ask me for an autograph will get a Dirtling Around sticker. <laughs> so there you go. They're really nice. They are fucking awesome. <laughs> they, they're so awesome. They, they could be currency in prison. Yeah, they're that cool. Anyway, so I think that's uh, about it. Shout out to uh, our our hearty sponsor, Fast uh, uh, Fast Games. Fast Fast. Fast Fast. They do a really good job of keeping us uh, keeping us in the current tech. So awesome on them. Thank you very much. And uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, but apparently, if um, if you trade in, you know, your cards to legitmtg.com, they will, however, give you a twenty percent bonus on your trade-in value. Woo woo! So I hear that's a lot. That That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. What's in the cup? Shout out to the bridge. I'm done. <laughs> what do you got, KYT? Oh, wait, I'm last. Oh, that's it! Yeah. We Michael can Flores. have the show! Ah! Mike Flores. Mike Flores. He, he has shots. Say shout out to Squee Goblin the Bob. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a stud. Oh, and shout out to guys who played Magic ten years ago who we all never heard of. That was for you, Mike Forrest. <laughs> I think ten ten years is pretty uh, pretty conservative estimate on that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you guys ever heard of Mike Jamboree? Yeah, man, he was like the best Magic player ever. <laughs> I mean, dude, like half the dudes I was talking about are like Hall of Fame players. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> hey, Mike, if you had to replace two Inferno Titans in your before color big, big list for card availability, what would you replace those two Inferno Titans with? I would get the other two Inferno Titans. What are they, $3? Yeah, but if I don't have time to get them before tomorrow. Urbrass, not close. I like Urbrass, but he's no, he's no Inferno Titan. No, but nothing. You, you understand the whole point of the creatures you're reanimating in this deck is that they kill all the humans. They kill like all the Delver cards. Like yeah, not okay. not just like Herbrask is also red. Like that's Yeah. No no I understand. What about Mask Worm? Mask Mask okay. Um if I had to play some What about Frost Titan? I mean I like Frost Titan. I like the card a lot, you know, but the point of these this creature suite is that it kills all the creatures. Mm. You know, like it's like you know why not Morphling? You know, like oh, it's I can just name other good mid range big Delver. creatures. Delver <laughs> is a good creature. Just play, yeah, just play two Delver secrets, Scott. <laughs> it's also a good creature. Is it? it doesn't make any sense. All right, like, there's no replacing Inferno Titan. He's okay, the, he's the the guy you want. He's better than Elshnorn. In this deck. Yeah. Okay. And that's a wrap. All right, folks. Have a good right, night. Thanks we'll for having s- me, guys. You got it, Mike. Bye, guys. We'll, we'll Bye. see you guys next week. Peace out. Bye.